but it is once again the best trio at Fairly Sports. I'm Phil Razor. He's Aaron Kinney. The other guy's Nate McBride. Aaron, we'll start with you tonight, man. First of all, how are you doing? Second of all, hashtag ear the bear. What are we sipping on? Dude, I'm just glad to be done with this rainy-ass day at work. I am sitting over here with an Alaskan Amber, and first time I've had it here, so live taste test. Sounds erotic. It's got a picture of a crab ship on the front of it, and it's good as hell. Definitely going to be going back to that one. Mm. Nate, what do you got? Oh, boy. Well, first of all, how am I doing? I'm powering through for you boys and for the listeners, because I'd say your boys sitting here are probably about 60% tonight, not feeling Hashtag great. flu I'm, game. Flu game. Flu game. Yeah. Flu game, absolutely. You know what? I'm still going to fucking drink. Um, and I got a special one for you guys and the listeners tonight. Tis the fucking season. We're drinking the Festivus Holiday Ale from Market Garden Brewery. Serenity oh, now! Yeah. Love that. Serenity now! Listen, Nate, I'm about to be to, right it's there. It's time for the airing of the grievances. Air I got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about them. <laughs> oh, baby. Nate, I'm about to be right there with you here in a couple days. I've been around so many sick people lately. I'm just waiting for it to hit me. It's, dude, it's, and I, I really just fucking hate it. Like, fuck this shit. But you enjoy know what? That fuck, enjoy the fucking weather, boys. It's 65. Oh, here. fuck you, I'm Phil. Life. I am it's living like life with 20 my degrees open. And I'm cracking a Coors Light, baby. That's hey. how I'm doing. Those mountains hey. are sure blue over there. A week from Friday, a week from Friday, I'll be down there. Yep. Listen, True. you're you're talking about how nice the weather is down there. You're like 20 degrees warmer than us, and you're wearing a fucking toque while we're down here, uh, open back I'm hat and naked headed. I'm wearing it because it is Niagara Ice Dogs in support of my stepsister's boyfriend who plays for the Niagara Ice Dogs. Hell yeah. I mentioned him earlier on the podcast. Shout out Juan Copeland. Guys, we have a, we have a, we're going to switch it up this episode. We've done a lot of episodes where we, we dive into a bunch of shit going on in the league. This episode, we're going to do a little bit of what's going on in the league. But because our most recent episode went out on Monday, I think it'd be a little more fun if we did uh, some opinion piece. So I know you boys, we talked earlier. Everybody's down. Everybody's copacetic here, are we not? I got a lot of opinions to share with you people. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But guys, before we get there, we have a few things to talk about. Number one, start up in the people we call it the uh, capital of hockey throughout the entire world. Toronto, the Maple Leafs. Mitch Marner, man, they talked preseason about using him as a D-man in certain situations. And he just broke the franchise record point streak after recording a point in 19 straight games Saturday against the Lightning. He's actually extended it to 20 as of the recording now. Um this is no small task. Toronto is the franchise with the most uh, Hall of Famers. They have 60 of them, previously the St. Patrick's and the Toronto Arenas. But, guys, I mean, holy shit. <laughs> a point in 20 straight games. It's a hell of a start to the year for Mitch Marner when there were a lot of questions. Would you agree with that one, Aaron? Absolutely, man. I Honestly, I didn't even realize he got the record because I am just incredulous at the fact that it was that low for a franchise that old. I mean, there, Wayne Gretzky had a 51-point point streak, and there's all kinds of numbers in between that number and 18, I think it was before. Like, it, it blows my mind that they didn't have – they've had some good players there. I can't believe one of them hadn't gone off for, like, 25 or 30 in a row. So, congrats to Mitch Marner, though. He's he's really been tearing it up lately. Absolutely. Nate, how do you feel about it? 
I mean, that's cool. It's great for him. Get get twenty. That's that's awesome, bud. Uh, I'm really happy for you. Um, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a accomplishment. I'm nothing against that, but um, I'm not gonna nickel and dime the great one here. You got a long ways to go, buddy. Suck my Mr. Cocky. Yeah, suck my Mr. Cocky. You got a long way to go there, bub. Uh, suck my tug. Mr. Cocky. Get your balls a tug, Mitch Marner. Uh, I I just got one other thing to point out too. Just that highlight how slow his start to the season was he scored in 20 games in a row and he just now passed austin matthews for the team lead in scoring why is that not surprising to me yeah like he (laughs) he was just in the toilet there early in the year and he has ripped it up lately and just took the team lead with 32 points in scoring crazy that's not surprising to me what are you gonna do i mean the Leafs are you know i mean they're gonna be they're they're gonna be right there at the end of the year you know, Leafs fans, let us know. Do you agree, disagree with anything we've said about the team all year? We haven't really talked a lot of Leafs, so I want to get some Leafs fans interacting with us. Guys, follow us at Beerly Hockey on Twitter. Interact with us. Quiet this year. Awful quiet and, this year for the boys. And yeah. none of you none of you bitch-ass Leafs fans that roasted Kyle Dubas for trading for Matt Murray better be telling me anything other than the truth. That man has been awesome for this team. You should like, be he, like, you should be lighting up, getting on your knees. Give the man an apology. Aaron's ass. So he was out for a little while with that injury. He came back on November 15th, and the Leafs are 8-0-3 in that span. They haven't lost in regulation since he came back from injury. Not He's bad. got a 932 save percentage, 252 goals against average, and he is saving a whopping 8.7 goals above average. So – Stick taps for Matt Murray. He's just fucking tearing it up after everybody talks shit about him in the offseason. Yeah, no, Matt Murray's Matt Murray's having a great one. He, he had a down year in Ottawa, but everybody knows how great he is. Won a, you know, won a cup in Pittsburgh, so. Two cups back-to-back. Well, correct, but he started most of the games in one of them, yes. He essentially won his own cup while winning two cups. I, I he, feel like he, he was in the final in both of those, wasn't he, though? Because, like, think, Fleury was yeah. out the first year. And then it was kind of back and forth, yeah. Yeah, and then Murray took over. But, yeah, you're right, you're right. Guys, um, a little bit other news. This this one's more for the Nate dog up there. Guy gets harassed in a toilet seat. Shane Wright comes in, back up. By the way, can we just take a second to laugh at the fact that that AHL – No, we're not laughing at anything because – No, no, we're we're laughing at this. We are laughing at this. The AHL affiliate for Seattle is Coachella Valley. The Coachella Valley, Jesus fucking Christ. That is hysterical. Say it, say it all the way. Say the full name, Phil. The Go Coachella ahead. Valley Firebirds. They should be called the Coachella Valley Clout. Fuck yeah, dude. The Coachella Valley Firebirds and the Seattle Kraken. Give me two more. Give me any two combination that is more electric. Coachella is the, the only place on earth where you can do coke off the Bible and not go to hell. So. Exactly. And they're the Firebirds, brother. That's fucking ridiculous. Well, anyway, Shane Wright came back, and I, I think the the great part. Well, I mean, the pass was perfect for him. He, you know, picked a corner and sniped it. Right oh, from dude, the hell point. of a team! Great goal. I want to give more credit to the fact that he scored against Montreal. <laughs> dude, that is the best. That's I think that's just the best part of it. Like not like yeah, he finally got the Geno that he's been waiting for, but to get it against fucking. Montreal, the team that everybody thought was going to take him, that he was thinking was going to take him, and just, I mean, backhanded his, they backhanded his ass. 
and now he was able to return the, and now he was able to return the favor. Aaron, how do you think uh, Shane Wright progresses throughout the year now? Dude, I think this is the biggest favor that team could have done for him, calling him up with his first game against Montreal. Like, revenge game right up on a tee. He was ripping it up in the AHL, kind of getting his confidence back. I think as long as he gets the ice time and the uh, assignments with good players, he's going to have a pretty productive end of the year. I mean, he's not going to set the world on fire by any means, but I think he's going to take some steps forward here. Uh, don't forget we got World Juniors coming up, too. So we may see him go over there for a short stint as well before coming back to the team. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, World Juniors have been interrupted a few times in the past couple of years. So finally going to get that tournament in. Um, yeah, uh, last thing, guys, before we hop into some opinions and debates. Nathan McKinnon, the Nate Dog, went out of Monday night's game. And Natty Max, as Nate likes to call him is out for four weeks with an upper body, upper body injury. Guys, what does this do to the Colorado Avalanche? Um, well, it doesn't help them. It really doesn't because he's been – obviously, he's one of he's one of the marquee names. I mean, at least you still have – you still have Kale McCarr. You're okay. You still have one of your big names. But this is a guy that is leading your team in points right now with 34. Uh, but kind of shocking here, maybe – one of you guys can chime in. Natty Max only has eight tucks this year. Yeah. They're focused on him. Yeah. The, uh, the whole the, team's the kind of... apples are all... The, he's, got, he's got apples for days. It's a fucking orchard over here for Natty Max, but... The whole team's kind of been a little slow out of the gate this year, I think. Yeah. They're a little hard I, I think he'll catch fire at some point if he comes back with a lot of racetrack left in the season. They're hanging on to that second wildcard spot right now. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have to tread water for a little bit until they get him back. They got Landeskog out as well. Uh, Nachushkin, I've heard, is skating again. They got a lot of injuries over there right now. So, um, they've got multiple games in hand on every single team ahead of them, though. It's so, true. That, uh, yeah, that series of the Blue Jackets really helped them recover, too. It did. Over, I mean, over. I'll tell you what this does, though. It, it definitely it makes them a little weak coming up the middle. Um, because they don't have a lot of center depth on this roster right now. I mean, with Nat, with Natty Max out, that leaves you with Alex Newhook and Evan Rodriguez as true centers in the league. They could uh, really use a guy like fucking Nas Kadri right now, huh, boys? Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they could also, they're also prime for the market for Jonathan Tays right now. I'll throw that out there. I could definitely see that. He would slot in so nice there in that middle six. Mm-hmm. Taser, Taser would be a good one for them to get over there. But if they don't get him too, uh, something to keep in mind, maybe another guy out of Chicago, Max Domi. They signed yeah. him on that short-term deal, pretty much just trade bait for the deadline. Uh, I could see a contender taking a shot on him, kind of like Carolina did last year. I could see that too. I think Max Domi's going to bounce around the rest of his career, to be entirely honest. Um, you yeah, think I Jacob, agree. Jacob Chitrin out in Arizona is a good one for Colorado too. Nah, they're loaded on D, dude. They they got like the most young, mobile offensive decor in the league, and yeah. Chitrin doesn't bring them a whole lot of what they're missing. If if he was like a big, burly, physical, right-handed guy, maybe I could see it. But they're just so loaded on the left side with puck movers. I, I don't see a need. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just throwing some throwing some shit out there. You never know. Dude, dude, I love the speculation on here. We can fucking go back and forth all day. 
Well, we could, and when we get closer to trade deadline time, we're going to have an entire episode dedicated to just trade deadline talk. Because we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to do that. Let's that, go. Cannot it, wait. Absolutely. But guys, I think uh, for this episode, we're gonna hop into some more opinion based questions. And my first one, and we'll be able to extrapolate on some of these in the off season. If people want to hear that, guys, once again, let us know at Beerly Hockey on Twitter. Shout out, you know, give us ideas. If you have a topic you want us to discuss, maybe in a slow time, we are certainly happy to do that. Um, but for this, I was gonna ask, and Aaron, we could start with you. What if you if you were gonna watch one game this year in person, right? That wasn't a Blue Jackets game. What is your dream barn, dude? If it's this year, it's yeah. got to be Vegas. I I would love to see a game at the Shark Tank sometime. Uh, that place has kind of a low ceiling. It's a team I love watching, and the atmosphere in there is always loud as hell. But uh, there, the that barn's gonna be half empty every game this year, and Vegas puts on an absolute show. I mean. They, the pageantry around their pregame ceremonies, their in-game entertainment, the oh, right. facilities there, the energy in that arena. I I would love to go it's see perfect. There. It, it's perfect. Yeah, it's last awesome. Week's, last week's guest, Fish, he's been there many times, and he loves T-Mobile Arena. He said it's incredible. So, yeah, hey. honorable mention as well. Um, I saw a playoff game here actually last year. Nashville. Nashville is an awesome fucking arena, and it's right there on Broadway. So everybody is hammered when they're in there. It's, it's electric. Yeah, they're completely buckled. Buckled. I love that. I love that. Nate, if you say Climate Pledge Arena, I swear to God. What the, what the fuck else would I say? <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, Nate. Climate Pledge. Are you kidding me? First of all, A, I want to see the Kraken. I love the Kraken. But B, that stadium is cool as shit it's the newest stadium in the league why would you not want to go see a game in the newest stadium in the league honestly climb my pledge arena yeah but uh just to take a twist on this for you if we were gonna say if there was a stadium that i've always wanted to see a game in and now i can't see it in it would probably be nassau coliseum that would be dope oh yeah I yeah. was lucky. I got to go to the Joe for the last ever Jackets game in Detroit. The Joe would have been the other the, one that I would. Yeah, have. the Joe would have been nice. The Joe, the Joe was cool. That was a real barn. That was a true barn. Yeah, I'd like to the, go check out the Saddle Dome before they tear it down too. That, Calgary keeps trying to get a new mine. arena. And that's mine, Aaron. Mine is the Saddle Dome for a battle of Alberta. Hell yeah! Absolutely. Oh man, yeah, that'd be dope. That'd that be was, sick that, as that fuck. That was absolutely going to be mine. And uh, I was going to say, guys, if you want to throw in, um, if you want to include like matchup in your whatever you totally could so like nate if you want to go to seattle maybe watch them play vancouver as they you know try to spark up that rivalry that would be you know a, a great reason to go to climate pledge but for me it's the scotia scotia however the fuck scotia bank yeah scotia bank saddled um um against against uh edmonton that would be mine that'd be sick as hell the sea of red bro that, have you seen the fucking boardwalk to the press box up there too? It, every now and then you'll see a media member from out of town will post on Twitter like their walk to the press box. It's literally a box suspended in like the ceiling of the arena and there's a tiny narrow little fucking like it looks like a rope bridge. It's so skinny of scaffolding that you have to walk across and you're like 200 feet above the ice. It's insane. That sounds like something Tarzan would enjoy but a beat writer would hate. Dude, I would... I would fucking stomp down that walk. I'd love that shit. 
adrenaline. It's like an amusement park ride. Battle Dome. Mm-hmm. I love it, guys. You'll see me with my fake press pass that I like printed out, just trying so are to like. RA? Are you RA yeah. sneaking into the uh, into the cup celebration for the Bruins in Vancouver? Yeah, I, I got a lamination guy, man. He can make that thing look legit. You don't have a lamination guy. What the fuck are you doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. You get, that's one of the essential things you should have by the time you're 25. It's true. It's entirely true, guys. We've been getting our Blue Jackets fans. We've been getting our brakes pumped, tires pumped, all weekend. After the Chicklets boys went to our bar and then went to the game, and we had Grinelli firing off hammered tweets about how much he loves Columbus, and we had Biz over there making friends with Stinger. So, since I mean, let's be honest, if you're not Jeff Merrick or spitting Chicklets, what are you listening to? <laughs> to be honest, um, since the rest of the hockey world is kind of jumping on the Blue Jackets right now. I figured we're fans. Let's talk about it. Guys, and Nate, we'll start with you. You get to eliminate one Blue Jacket tradition. Which one are you firing to the fucking sun? Dude, I'm getting rid of that stupid-ass fucking chili chant. I hate that stupid fucking thing. It makes no goddamn sense. Like, get that shit out of here. I don't care about free fucking chili. I'm not going to eat fast food chili. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So hey, get rid of the shit. Fast casual, bro. Not fast food. No, this it's Wendy's chili, bro. No, it's, it's no, it's roosters, bro. Oh, it's roosters now. Yeah. Okay, fine. It doesn't. A fast casual slight, joint. Slightly roosters, better. Yeah. No, no, a fun roosters. casual joint. Sorry, a fun casual joint. Yeah, and and either way, that's I don't go to roosters. That's a fun casual joint Nate enjoys. I don't go to roosters for <laughs> chili. I go to Nate, roosters to slam some fucking wings, dog. True. Nate only enjoys the uh, the serious casual joint. I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I'm only here for the serious casual joints. I don't. What the yeah. fuck is fun? Why would I have fun? We're trying yeah. to gas gas wings, delete beers. We're not trying to eat fucking chili. No, I'm not here to. I'm not here to just enjoy emotions. What the fuck is this? I'm here to get emotionally invested into a team way too much. Get my heart ripped out, stomped on, and just be a fucking cycle of death. For the rest of my life. I like you, that. You know, I I hear people bitch about the chili chant all the time. And, like, I'm not going to say it's great by it any sucks. means. It sucks. I, I made 100% but I don't hate it nearly as much. Why? As it ruins the goal song. It ruins I, the goal song. Which, no, so, so I, I do hear. like our goal song a lot. And I, I don't like that it gets interrupted. But there's something about, like, the, the Jackets usually don't score a lot so like if you get three goals that's a big fucking deal and it's usually taking them a while to do it so i'm like two fucking giant ass arena beers deep halfway through my third one normally by the time they score their third goal and everybody's just waffled chanting chili like it's it's not great but it's unique you know it's and it means something good happens so i i'm not gonna say it's great and we should keep it but i also am not gonna torch it Okay, it sucks. We, what 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 was yours that you hated more? Sorry. Yeah. Dude. What do you, yeah What do you hate more, Aaron? Yeah I, yeah. I hate something so much more than the chili chant, yeah. and I think it was supposed to be like their rallying cry after Panarin left and everyone. They're like, "This is what's going to get the people going after we lost all our good free agents." They released the fucking "Out of Our Blue We Rise" campaign, and it is. The most limp, dick, fucking motivational slogan I have heard in my entire life. It makes 
no goddamn sense. Like, were we blue? Were we sad? Are we rising out of that? Is it like, are we rising our fucking boners out of our uniforms? What the fuck does it even mean? Who paid a marketing firm to come up with it? And like, if you're that marketing firm, you're like, holy shit, we just absolutely pulled one over on these people. We shit the bed here, Bob. Yeah, this this pro sports team just paid us in the thousands of dollars, maybe even more, to come up with a slogan a child could have imagined in two seconds. And it's just, it's it's terrible. I hate it. I'm with you. I'm with you, Aaron. And for those that don't know, I'm an ad man. I work in advertising. I come up with this shit all the time. I want to throw up when I hear out of our blue, we rise. Because yes, it was a demoralizing off season. Yes, that July 1st, 2019 was a terrible fucking day as a Blue Jackets fan. That was painful. I think we can all agree on that. I went home and drank a lot of bourbon and tried to enjoy the Reds game and take my mind off and it didn't work. That being said, I agree with you. Out of our blue, we rise is corny. It's just, it doesn't flow. It, 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 a phoenix coming out of the ashes is red, not blue. So I, I don't think the, the symbol, you know, it's not even symbolic in that regard. Um, I'm with you, Aaron, 100%, but I do think there's one thing that I would fire to the sun more than both of those things. Let's hear it. What do you got? The pizza chant. Oh, oh the we like pizza. The like children. We like no pizza song. in the morning. We I like hate that song too. Yeah, why do we have to do hate pizza? that? We like pizza. Blah blah blah. The pizza sponsor will change next year anyway. We like pizza. It. I. I can't fucking stand it. I think it's atrocious. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's probably number two for me, and Phil. It, and it's also bullshit because if you're an adult that gets that catches a pizza box. There's probably a child sitting within vicinity of you, and you just give it to them anyways. Dude, I had one land directly in my lap, and I wasn't even paying attention one day. This guy was like, it, it was like a 50-year-old dude craning above me trying to catch this thing. And I'm just sitting there, like, looking at my fantasy team, paying zero mind to the pizza chant. And pizza box just appears in my fucking lap from the heavens. I was like, holy shit. All right. Was this, it, this is my was one it, luck. I'm never catching one again. No sense to put in any effort. Was it when it was Donato's, Papa John's, or Jets? <laughs> Papa John's, thank God. God Fucking, dude, it, it, it changes. Dude, Papa John's, it, it does the though. It's the dude, worst. Papa John's is, is so three. much better than Jets though. No, it's Jets, not. That's, Jets is just fucking bread, dude. So okay, I'm I'm probably in the minority here. I don't you like bready pizza, here. bro. I like the the thinner shit. I like my toppings to be the center of attention. Jets is a goddamn square breadstick that somebody tossed a little bit of fucking mozzarella onto. It's oh terrible. Oh my hate god, it. Kenny, you're gonna get torched for this. I'm, Dude, that's I'm okay. Fuck, I'm ready to fucking drop the gloves. Bro, I want to taste the top. You sure about that? Not sure six inches that? of fucking bread. You got a problem with Jets, you got a problem with me, and I suggest you let that marinate, Bob. <laughs> Listen, it's it, it would be marinating the marinara if there was any on the fucking Jets pizza. It's all bread, bro. It's all bread. Give me that sweet Papa John's. Oh, my God. That is that is one of the hottest takes that we'll get on here. Guys, here's another one. And, Nate, I want you to go first because I think like you're, I feel like you're just going to go off here. You have five minutes alone with Gary Bettman and you can't talk. You're in a room. What do you talk about? Oh, my God. You gave me the fucking floor. You listen here, you cocksucking motherfucker. First of all, get your shit together. 
Okay, get your bag, get your shit, get it all in a bag, do whatever you got to do, but get your shit together. I don't care. Second of all, I don't know what your deal is with Columbus and why you hate us so much, but I swear to God, I will get you. I will get you one way or another. I will find you and I will get you because I just don't get I don't I don't get what this dude does with the I don't get what he does with the league. I don't get anything that he does. It is colluded towards Toronto, towards Boston, towards Pittsburgh, towards all these like random like you get some original six, but Pittsburgh's not an original six. He fucks over the Detroit's. Like he fucks over. He just he sucks the big market so much, and I fucking hate him for it. And I need him to get the shit out of his ass. Speaking of which, if you hate big markets, Nate and I also do the Small Market Insecurities podcast, guys. Come follow us on Twitter at Small Market INS, Instagram, Small Market Insecurities, TikTok, Small MKT Insecurities. We will talk about all the teams that the big markets and ESPN love to hate on. Nate, go off king. Aaron, can you top that? So you kind of tied my hands here by saying he can't respond because I'd have a lot of fucking questions for that Ooh, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, I, I don't need him to respond, but Aaron can have him respond. All right, Aaron, if you want him to respond, let's hear the questions, man. All right, Gary Bettman, why the fuck are you giving stadium series games to the same three fucking teams every single year? You've expanded this league to 32 now. You've got every single year, it's either Chicago, Boston, Pittsburgh. Occasionally, you'll get the Rangers or Toronto thrown in there. That's it. Pittsburgh, Boston, Chicago had them in every fucking season. The Nashville Dallas one was awesome. New market. You're expanding the game. The The best one was Corey Perry got sent off and then had to walk like. Oh, dude, he had the three mile walk of shame after that fucking ejection. I love that. Couldn't happen to a better guy, he said facetiously. Fuck Corey Perry. I I don't hate Corey Perry that much. He's kind of a fucking worm, but like, he is a worm. But he's uh, everybody around the league only has good things to say about him that's ever played with him. So Whatever, he's a fucking worm and is a fan. I hate him. All right, but also like the Kings and the Sharks had one in fucking California. That was wild. They were able to get that shit cold enough. I'd love to see one in Florida. Like obviously, we all want to see one in the shoe. They need to winterize it first. Uh, it, that's like I, I'm not going to get hung up on that. It'd be cool to see the Jackets host like Detroit. I don't care if they Michigan play it in Cincinnati the or Cleveland. I'll oh, I do. Fuck that. I don't care if we're away. I don't care if we're the away team. Yeah, I don't care either. I don't want to play outside. Listen, listen. With the with the Raleigh. pattern they go though, with the pattern they take. The one in Raleigh in February. Uh, with, yeah, with the pattern they take though, those small market teams are not going to get another one for fucking years. So, like, I do not want to blow our load on an away game. If we get a stadium series game, it needs to be in the shoe. It needs to be OSU versus – or, sorry, it needs to be Columbus versus Detroit and then have an OSU-Michigan Big Ten showcase the night before. Like, that's the way you do it. That's how you drive engagement and get people out. You're going to get people around here who aren't even Jackets fans, that just like the Buckeyes that want to go see Ohio versus Michigan. It's it's a great way to grow the game, but – Regardless, like, let's see one in fucking uh, Vegas. That'd be sick. That's a great yeah. venue. And, and you've proven you can do it in the heat. Why not Minnesota? Minnesota, Minnesota absolutely deserves one, bro. It's the, the state of playing hockey outside on the fucking lakes. 
That's that's the Question. state of hockey. How have they not had one? Question. In terms of outdoor games, stadium series, wouldn't it be great to have to host them in states that don't have NHL teams? I would love to watch one in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, because the Blackhawks have fucked Milwaukee out of ever having an NHL team. And the NHL would thrive in Milwaukee, but they can't because of stupid original six bullshit. So put one in Madison, Wisconsin and play. I don't care who Blackhawks wild there. I don't care. Put whatever you want there. That, that'd be sick as hell. You know what I mean? Like Minnesota, Winnipeg. I don't give Dude, a shit. Give me, give me one on the border of South and North Dakota, and just let's fuck. Yeah, Absolutely. North Dakota is a awesome. great like, hockey school. Oh my so, god! Absolutely. So Put Canada. Put one in fucking Alaska. Go play up there. Denver. Why? Are, like why? Uh, why? Denver we... would be dope too. Well, Denver yeah, has a NHL team. Maybe they recently that. played one in Denver. Maybe I'm off, but I thought they might have recently played one. Yeah, but, it was a uh, Kings Avalanche. I, they played. Also. Play one in Kansas City at Arrowhead. That'd be sick as fuck. Hold on, hold on. Have we have we had one in Canada? Yeah, yeah. There's been uh, yeah. they call them the Heritage Classics up there. Okay. Um, and it's actually kind of cool though because sometimes they will put it in like a Canadian football arena that's nowhere near an NHL city. Like uh, I think Vancouver and Ottawa or Winnipeg and Ottawa played one outdoors. Yeah, like, one. yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, they played like in between the two cities, which was dope. That's like what I'm a- saying, and that can that can work here too. Like honestly, there is no reason that the Stars and the Wild, two central teams, couldn't play in Kansas City. That'd be dope. Yeah, I'll you bet know? you they have or one. I'll bet you they put- or whatever. I'll bet you they put one in Seattle before they put one in Columbus. Oh God, 100 percent, yeah. Because the uh, God, the Lake Tahoe one was dope too. Like oh, the, that, that was one they had in COVID. Yeah. yeah. Put one up in Lake Tahoe, outside Bruins. Yeah, was it Bruins fun. Flyers? It, it was dope as hell. Yeah, and like the yeah. sunset behind it, it was awesome. So yeah, stuff yeah. like that too, with like scenery, would be sweet to see. Yeah, dude, play a play a Winnipeg Seattle game in the middle of Montana. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah, dude, yeah, I would love like, to go see not? one in like in Maine or somewhere yeah. up there, like super Boston, north on the east Boston, coast. Boston and Montreal up in Maine. Or yeah, in- that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Man, that's good. What other questions would you have for Gary Bettman, that cuck bastard? Yeah, that was one question. <laughs> that was one question. We went off on it for a little while. Um, okay, so the second question here, I would say, is why have we not instituted some kind of tracking system to tell if the puck is over the line or not? We have so many goals. Dennis has it. They're reversing. Docker has it. Yeah, they're – like trying to figure out whether or not to reverse a call because the none of the angles uh, – this goes beyond the goal line, actually. So the goal line, offsides, and whether a puck is contacted above the crossbar for, like, tap it or tip-in goals. Uh, th- we have technology to do this. If you can just get camera angles, like, on level with what we're looking at, or if you can get some kind of sensor with a chip in the puck. I know they've tried the chips in the puck before and the consistency wasn't quite right, but come the fuck on. We can do this. We have the technology to make a real puck that feels like a solid rubber puck that has a tiny little tracker in it that will tell you when it's over a line or not. I, I mean, it's not that fucking hard. We shouldn't be having to look at off angles of pucks on edge to see if they're you know over the line or not zooming in on like frame by frame and like you it's just obviously in between frames that the fucking puck crosses so you can't tell exactly when it happens 
there's just so much we can do to get the accuracy of the game correct when the technology is there. We're just choosing not to use it. Yeah. Do you, do you have one more? One more for, for the old detonator? So I, I've got a few that I was kind of bounced around, but I'll, I'll, I'll give this one here. Why do we not have an above ice referee? Like it's been talked about before having an official either up in the press box or above the ice somewhere. Just like in, that, like in the NFL, like they have the, they have the, it, like the instant replay official up in the box. Exactly. In soccer, they have the VAR, like. Yeah. Um, you could even do like with a sky camera angle and a guy in an office analyzing that, like someone who can see the whole ice and get a perspective that you can't get from the ice. As long as, no, as long as it's never West McCauley, I need him on the ice every time. Uh, well, yeah, no, you would employ a new crew for this. Uh, we we keep the fucking legends that are on the ice, like Wes McCauley, with his dramatic goal, no goal calls. But I I think that it, the game has gotten so fast, two guys cannot keep track of everything all on their own. Uh, you've got to have a little bit of extra perspective from someone else that can radio down if you see something egregious. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My only question for Gary Bevin, if I had him in a room for five minutes, would be me berating him, asking him why the Blue Jackets in the wild had to share a fucking expansion draft and that the uh, Kraken and the Golden Knights got their own. That's it. You scumbag piece of shit. You didn't care about our fucking markets, even though Minnesota lost a goddamn team. Uh, no, why would we give them each their own draft? No, fuck you. Vegas? Oh, we got to make you good so it plays in the market. Like, get fucking bent seven ways from Sunday, Gary Bettman. Fuck you. <clears throat> I, I, I could go on, but I'm not going to. Um, all right, boys. This is what we can kind of all do together. We pick three NHLers for a night out with the boys. Dinner, drinks, you get big time pickled, you know. Based off stories you've heard, guys you've met, we've all met plenty of NHLers at this point. Like, Columbus is not a big town. You, you get to go out and get pickled with the boys for a night, have a nice dinner, blah, blah, blah. Who are you picking? I'll let you go first, Nate. Well, I'll tell you who I definitely am bringing is that one guy, uh, Paul Bissonette, a.k.a. Biz Nasty. <laughs> there you uh, go. Had a chance to drink with the guy actually over the weekend. He was here in town at our bar uh, before the Detroit Red Wings game and uh, got, to, got to talk with him and Grinnell from Spittin' Chicklets Podcast. Shout out to the boys there. Um, yeah. But no, it was definitely Paul Bissonette. The man can fucking down him, and he's a great fucking time real life for sure. Um who else would I fucking go with? I don't know. Eric, Kenny, why don't you take one? And I'll, let me ponder on another one. Okay. Yeah, we can go back and forth. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Keith Yandel. I know he just retired, but that dude, that dude seems like he has such a fucking like, low-key, dry sense of humor. He'd just say, like, uh, he, he'd just be having everybody cracking the fuck up all the time. Like, I, I think he'd be a great hang. For sure. All-time shit talker. I've gotten I've gotten a hammer with a few of them, and I will redact names on stories for this. Um, but there are definitely a few of the boys that I have gotten banged up with in in the past. And uh, based on what they all say, this is not a guy that I personally have ever gone out and gotten drunk with. But I have heard through the grapevine that Ryan Reeves is a phenomenal time. I can, I see, can see him being. I've a blast. heard that. Re I've heard that Reba is a fucking blast, and if we have Biz in the group, that shit would be undeniably fun. 
They're fighting at some point. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But also, nobody's fucking with us in bottle service either. For oh, sure. no shit. For sure. <laughs> um, I mean, just based on the stories of uh, their cup celebration, you definitely got to invite Ovi into the shit, too. So I have, I have ran into Ovi before. I've seen him waffled. I didn't, like, talk to him or anything. But I've seen him just absolutely big time in one. Uh, he's a riot. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, I'm, yeah. and based on the stories that are out there from their Stanley Cup celebration, dude, yeah, you definitely got to have Ovi in on that. Plus, plus, you know he's bringing the, the Russian-backed black card, and we getting everything we want. True, Everything's on Daddy Putin. Yeah, yeah, until he comes over and bombs us for fucking spending money on shit that opposes him. Nope, not while, not while Ovi's here. That's true. Right. He'll he'll send an extraction team for Ovi, then wipe the rest of us well, out. As soon as we notice, as soon as we notice Ovi's gone, then we're out of there too, dude. We're, yeah. we're like, oh yeah, true. Got to keep the, the antennas up. I I feel that I like that. The uh, the I hand stand in the fountain was unreal. I can confirm that Dalton Proud. I don't think he's playing anymore. Dalton Proud is a very fun guy to go out and drink with. He was oh, cool. Yeah. Scott Harrington's cool. Um, there's just a few lesser known D men throughout the league. Although Dalton Prout did knock Milan Lucic the fuck out one time, which is his definitely definitely his claim to fame. Um, but yeah, no, that that would be a hell of a night with the boys. Holy shit! For sure. Know. Oh my god, guys, this one I don't know if we have anything in mind, but is there an obscure NHL record? I'm just throwing it out there that you think will never be broken. Obscure. Uh, is, uh, I'll just say it right now, Gretz's record of 51 consecutive games. Scoring. Sure. Yeah, I like that. That's that'd be fucking tough to beat right now. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Right now in an eighty-two game season, that's pretty much going two thirds of the season scoring every single night or every single night that you guys are on the ice. Yeah. McDavid's the only guy I could ever see coming close to pulling that off. And in today's NHL, there's so much parity, so much less scoring. Goalies are so much better. To go that long uninterrupted. Without, uh, let alone you scoring a point, without your team getting shut out on a night, is fucking hard to do. True. Nate, do you have a different one? Um, Aaron, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> on, I was going to say, all right, Nate can do all the work on this one. <laughs> um, so I think uh, Patrick Marlowe's games played record is going to okay. be up there. It's like, the consecutive games record for Phil Kessel, yeah, that one is going to be really fucking tough. But, like, just overall games played, Patty Marlowe played a fuckload of games. He broke Gordy Howe's record right before he retired. Yeah. And that record stood forever before he got to it. And with how fast the game is, it's it's so hard to go through without getting some kind of injury, some some kind of illness even. Like, it's it, – I just It's don't fucking think it's ridiculous done. that both Yandel and Kessel did it during COVID, too. Yeah, no doubt. They could have easily been told to get fucked for a game. <laughs> they, they had somebody else taking their test for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, I think the consecutive game streak is a good one. That's a very probable one, but I'm going to go with Marty Brodeur's 691 wins. Good luck. I think it'll happen. Like, that's almost nine years worth of wins alone. No. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But Nate, to give you, you could say that, but to give you a little 
Mark Andre Fleury has five hundred and twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's and that, what was what was the record again? Six hundred ninety one wins. Number two is Patrick Waugh with five hundred fifty one. Mark Andre Fleury has five hundred twenty nine, and nobody else active is Jonathan Quick is twenty fifth with three hundred sixty seven. So I got one for you here. Andre Bob, Bob has Vasilevsky. That's right. That's exactly where I was thinking. But yep. how long can he go, bro? How long can he go? How long can he go? He's 28. It we're seeing goalies play into their late 30s now. Yeah. He's he's got 384 games played, 239 wins. If he keeps this pace, I I could see him doing it. I mean, if he plays till he's like 38, 39. I could see it happening, and he could, and he can still play to the level that he's at, like, or like just a few pegs below to that point. We can, yeah. we we can rationalize this all we want. The fact of the matter is, it is a very tough record to beat. That is going to be very nobody, tough. Nobody's even close. There's a reason that there's a reason that they're records. Yeah, Patrick Waugh yeah. still has 140 wins to go if he decides to unretire and lace them back up. So that's that's one of the things that gave Marty Bridger so much hype. Back when wins were valued so highly as a goalie, uh, now I think a lot of people have smartened up and realized that like a win is a team stat, and you can be an insane goalie and be better than a guy with more wins than you. I like think being a, like being a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. I I think or a quarterback, a court like Jimmy Garoppolo wins all the fucking time, and he's on a loaded team, and he's a game manager. Like uh, Marty Brodeur, I think is incredibly overrated for that stat. Like. He was an amazing elite goaltender, and he he changed the game in the way that goalies play the puck. But his actual like saves that he had to make were so fucking easy behind that rock solid New Jersey defense. I think Dominic Hasek blows him out of the water in like goaltending talent. He just never got to play with good enough teams. Ooh, a little Dominic Hasek love. Dominic Hasek, I think, is the best goalie of all time, and it's not close. I mean, this dude, this dude was putting up, like, today's save percentages back have, when people were scoring fucking seven goals a game. We're going to have angry Blackhawks fans like, Terry Sawchuck. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, okay. Get the fuck out of here. That guy's not even top three. <laughs> I love it. Guys, let's uh, hop down to the next one, shall we? <laughs> I'll kick this one off, all right? <laughs> this is what – I'll start. I don't ever do this. Which decade? If you could go back to any, any decade in NHL history, what decade would you want to go back and watch? Easy for me, 1980s. I want to watch the great one in his prime. I want to watch the great one win nine of 10 heart trophies. And I want to watch that open air, free flowing, helmetless, you know, pass the puck as far as you want, kill everyone. Goaltenders didn't drop down into his stance. Open NHL. That's what I want to watch. That's what I want. The 1980s. I like that. I, I think that's, I think that's everybody's answer if they only had to pick one. It, it would have been such a fucking electric time. The game was growing at such an astounding rate, too. Yeah, it, absolutely. Plus, it, plus it just, you had the Islanders win four consecutive cups. When are you ever going to see that again? Yeah, you you had a couple of dynasties back then, man. It it was just a totally different world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like, I, yeah, my, my number one pick's the 80s for sure. My number two pick is the early 2000s, like when it was just a lot of bone-crunching fucking shit. Uh, to go in with that, I feel like fighting was fighting was that was like the last era of 
you know, seeing multiple fights in a game. I feel like nowadays you're lucky to see maybe one fight in a game unless you've got like a heated rivalry. Um, that was the last era where you started to, where you saw, I think, two, three game, fights a game. Um, a lot of bone crunching hits, but you still got a lot of scoring too. Um, and it was also the greatest era of the, you know, Red Wings and the um, Avalanche. Avalanche beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that pick, Nate. There's a lot of good legends that played in there, too. I want to throw it back to the 80s, by the way. If you're a hockey purist, you ready for this? 80 through 83, Isles. 84, 85, Oilers. 86, Canadians. 87, 88, Oilers. 89, Flames. That is unbelievable in terms of hockey pedigree. That's still the only Stanley Cup the, the Flames have won in Calgary. And I think to live through that decade, I mean, yeah, a lot of Canadian dominance, which we as Americans may not love, but I think the Canadians yearn for it. They yearn for it. They throb for it. You know what I mean? Like Dude, seeing, seeing Lanny fucking fly around there in the saddle dome with that cup and that fucking mustache waving in the wind, that would have mm-hmm. been a moment. I just think that, yeah, that would have been incredible. Aaron, do you have anything different than the 80s or the early 2000s? Yeah, so I'm going to Free lockout. Free lockout. Fuck you, Gary Bettman. I'm going to throw it way back in the day, boys. The late 60s to early 70s. Bobby Orr's heyday. That dude still is the best defenseman of all time after all these years. He completely changed the game, changed the position. He, he was absolutely electric to watch every night. And it, you had some other greats back then, too, but Bobby Orr was the star of the show. And it, it would have been wild to see, because that would have been like some shit nobody had ever seen before, what he was doing, just going coast yep. to coast from a D-man position, dangling people, making them look stupid. The fucking iconic picture that we still see on commercials today, diving over after winning the cup, just awesome stuff. Bobby Orr revolutionized the game kind of in the way that, like, Dan Marino did. In that Dan Marino was the first guy to ever really sling the rock around, like, at a fervent pace. You got guys throwing the ball like Joe Montana and shit, but it, it was more like West Coast play action nonsense. That's kind of what Bobby Orr did to the defensive position in the NHL. He, he said, you, we don't have to just sit back here and crunch guys into the boards and clear the puck out. We can go forward to become an asset and that's what that's what he did so i agree with you here that's my take plus the boston Boston fans will slurp us for that one yeah we haven't shown them too much love this year so might as well and and they're on fire but they also signed that fucking kid so yeah well it's they cut ties with him i i'm i'm not gonna (laughs) dwell on that one it was fucking dumb but bygones be be bygones is is they they got enough shit to hate about him fuck brad marsh and yeah, they did something stupid, whatever. It didn't come to fruition. Um, before we wrap up this episode, guys, we can have a fun time with this one. And, Nate, we'll start with you. What's your hottest NHL take? Right King now. King of hot takes over here. Right now. Pittsburgh Penguins aren't going to make the playoffs. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Damn, they've won like nine of their last ten, bro, even without Latang. They will not make the playoffs. Go on. All right. That's all, I, that's all I got to say about that. Cheney, you said the Pittsburgh Penguins weren't going to make the playoffs. 
but you won't elaborate on that. Life's like a box. Yeah, give me some reasons here, Nate. Back that shit up. Why? 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 Because there's. I think they're going to get hit with an injury bug this year. Um, Sid the Kid's going to tear his ACL. It's going to be done. Um, oh, oh, damn, bro. Oh You're going to feel bad if that happens. Oh, my God. Dude, that's not, that's not even a good hot take. That's just fucking... <laughs> That's like that's, that's like, Nate just wishing for the fucking plague to befall like the, Pittsburgh. For, for people that watch Hot Ones on YouTube, the bomb is like the eighth of the ten, 10 sauces, but everyone's like, dude, it has no flavor. It's the worst of the ten. That is that take. That hot take has no flavor. It's just you having straight vitriol for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's all it is. So you got a problem with it? Listeners got a problem with it? Fucking come at me at Stat Guy Nate on Twitter. I have a complaint with your congressperson. Yeah, write uh-huh. to the fucking congressman to come at me because you know why? I, I don't give a fuck what you think. Woo, Aaron, what do you got? All right, my hot take of the year is that the Edmonton Oilers missed the playoffs. Ooh, okay. And I know you're going to have some reasons for this, so let's hear them. Yeah, so uh, we went over this a little bit on the last pod. The Oilers are fucking two guys, and that's it. They're you got McDavid and Drysidle. When they're not bringing it, nobody else fucking is. Man, the goaltending's not been great. Their defense is fucking twigs back there. All they care about is getting their fucking secondary assist from passing the fuck up to McDavid. They don't give a shit about clearing the crease. They don't give a shit about playing the system. The bottom six are all trash bags. Evander Kane's out for God knows how long. They, It's not going to happen. The Pacific is much stronger than we thought it was going to be with the rise of Nate's Kraken. The Kings are still good. The Canucks have been hot lately after a hell of a slow start. They're pushing up on it. And then you got surprise teams like Winnipeg in the Central. They're bumping some guys like Minnesota. They're they're bumping. Uh, oh, who else? Uh, there's another team, Nashville. They bumped Nashville down. So you're gonna have a lot of competition for those wild cards. And I don't think they're gonna make the top three in the Pacific. They're in a wild card spot right now, and they played a lot of games. They're uh, they're just. I think McDavid's going to end up getting fucking sick of having to carry the mail the whole time. He's going to try and make the playoffs, but it's just, it's not happening. I had higher expectations for this team coming in. Cause I liked some of the moves that they made losing Kane's unfortunate, but unless they can get some fucking depth, it's over for them. They're going to have to tear it down. My hot take for the year guys. Ready for this one? Yep. Force doesn't survive the year in Philly. Oh, no way. Torts wow. doesn't survive the year in Philly. They are in seventh out of eight in the Metro. They brought him in to turn the shit around. It's not turned around. Clearly, it's not working. So, and he's already beefing with the media, and it's barely December. No, done. Dude, that's how it was in Columbus, though. Like, Yeah, but he, he needs to go back. He, he needs to just retire fully. I'm tired of nah. listening to him in the booth. I'm tired of him in the booth. This is bad for hockey. Dude, yeah, I get that you don't like the modern style of play. That's cool. But guys like Trevor Zegras are good for the league. What he does, pulling out the Michigan, that's good for hockey. If somebody wants to run him, then run him. Who cares? But he there's, nothing wrong that with, shit. there's nothing wrong with that shit. He only said that shit when he was on ESPN, though, and he was being he paid said to that shit give hot takes. He's an old man yelling at clouds. Nah. That took he... the job in Philly because he's bored. 
Because no. coaching is a drug. Coaching's a no, drug. No fucking way, bro. He if anybody no. is not surviving the year in Philly, it's Chuck Fletcher. That dumb fuck. Don't get rid of both. No. That, if the team, so, if, so the team towards, if the team hates him, if the team hates him, the guys they paid their money to don't like him, they'll can his ass and bring in a young guy. I don't they, think they hate him though, is the thing. And, no, and Philly got say they hate him. He, he's, a, he's always he's a so he's icon. He's always on the list of like NHL, uh, the NHL or polls or what they do, like coach you'd most like to play for, coach you'd least like to play for. He's always in the top of both lists. So, like, a I, lot of guys love him too. And I don't think he's the right fit there. I so I, I don't, I don't think he's the right fit for the personnel they have. Correct. I'll give you that. His personality but, fits the city, but he doesn't fit the team. So, the, the personnel that they have is not his style of personnel. I'll give you that. But the personnel that they have was all brought in to patchwork try and save his job by Chuck Fletcher. He he has sold away so many fucking assets from that team to get yeah. mediocre players that aren't producing, and it's finally going to catch up with him this year. I, I'll, I'll throw in a bonus hot take here. Chuck Fletcher doesn't survive the year in Philly. That right. roster is bone fucking dry and Torts is squeezing every ounce of fucking competent hockey that he can out of it. I mean, when Kevin Hayes is in on 40% of your team's goals, it, Kevin Hayes is awesome. I I think he's a hell of a guy. It, he'd probably be on my list also with guys I'd love to go out with in the league. But Yeah, Hayesy for sure. Yeah, but he's like, he's a two-way centerman. He's never been like light up the score sheet guy, and he's scoring 40% of your team goals. You cannot fucking have that when you've got a cap hit as high as they do. So I, I really think they they bring in a new GM. They get some players that fit towards system a little bit better. Maybe get one or two flashy offensive guys that still work hard like Panarin was here. He he did great in her towards system. And I, I think the, they, they sure. end up bringing in a new GM and kind of rebuild that team from the fucking defense out. I could see that too. I could absolutely see that. But that's, uh, you know... That is kind of the beauty of the hot take, my brother. They inspire debate. Whatever you want. Shit happens. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Guys, we'll just about wrap up this episode of the Barely Hockey Podcast. Before we go, Nate, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Nah, I got nothing for you, folks. Just uh, enjoy another great week of hockey. Um, go Blue Jackets. Fuck Pittsburgh. That's how we live, baby. Mm. Aaron, what do you got? Uh, Pittsburgh, I can't wait to come see your city on Saturday. Can't wait to see fucking is it first, Tage. Is it your first time going? Uh, it's my first time going for a game there. I've been through have, it, but I haven't, like, really stopped and done stuff. Have First of all, have fun. For as much as we talk shit about, you know, the pens, uh, the Three great Rivers city. The three rivers have plenty of great places to go out and drink. The stadium's Love nice, the so I still have a good time, buddy. Love oh, the, yeah. the team. Yeah. So we're we're doing that on Saturday. Then we're going to the fucking Steelers Ravens game on Sunday. So we're doing we're doing the tour de sports of the city, at least the ones that matter anyway. So yeah, pirates can't, don't matter. Yeah, they do have the number one pick, though. Pirates have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, baseball doesn't really even matter until October, though. I mean, you play baseball. like a hundred. You play a hundred and some games, and each one of them is like a five-hour commitment to watch. I I can't get behind that. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't have much other than I believe when. Sir Nathan comes down to visit. We may go to a little AHL checkers game. Hell yeah. 
We're going to go watch a game in the jungle the, at the, you ready? The Bojangles Center. Um, fuck. Oh, fuck yeah, here bro. The Bojangles it. Center, that's what it's called. I'm Bo here for baby. it. You you are in the South, boy. Buddy, I get Bojangles. South with an F. I'm here I for that country shit. And watch Red Zone on Sunday like it's my fucking job. Yeah, you you boys enjoy that. That's gonna be a hell of a time. They they got the uh, the dollar fifty beers down there, Phil. Uh, they do. They, they I mean they do dollar can night. I don't know what Saturday night's gonna be, but it's gonna be it's gonna be dope as shit. No matter what, we're gonna have a good time. And then we're, yeah. we're we're going to the Panthers Steelers game on Sunday next weekend. So nice. Uh, well, we're uh, we're branching out, boys. We're uh, we're experiencing some different sports in some different cities. We're uh, we're primed for some success here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, that'll wrap up this episode of the Barely Hockey Podcast. For naming Brad and Aaron Kenny, I'm Phil Razor. Barely Hockey. Pair as well with Bruce. Hello, broadcast boys.